everybody back. All right, now. Sounds like the guy from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, calm down, everybody. Here we go. John Curley, Suri Elliger Show, and you right there along for the ride. Thanks a lot, everybody. Nate's going to get you home with the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk. You're writing to us. That's good and good for you. You are starring, Sherry with... Liza Minnelli. There you are. Diving into the day! Hey! By the way, remember we raised all the money for the police? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yes. Laura and Jim joining me in the studio. I told them you're going to be bored after about 15 minutes. I sensed that I lost them about 10 minutes in. Have they in been fact, there the whole Jim time? Jim already left, by the way. Her husband's gone. Oh. Yeah. So that's just... Walking out, but, you know, it's one thing to walk out in the middle of like a live theater show where there's like 500 people, and then you know, like you can't quite see that they're gone as a performer. But to be in a studio and then have 50 percent of your live audience leave, Sherry. Uh, maybe he had, uh, you know, places to go, people to meet, things to do, that type of thing. I'm going to give him that. Eggs to scratch, chickens to light. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Look at this. They're gonna they're gonna take some of your money. Washington has. No hate crime hotline. Oh, no. But the idea is gaining traction. This, according to the Seattle Times, they want to set up a hotline so that you can call up and tell everybody that somebody hated you. Yeah, so this is a a bill, uh, Senate Bill 5427. Uh It did not get out of committee, so they're going to try to reestablish it next year. And what it would do is create a non-police hotline for victims of hate crimes and bias incidents, okay? So it would establish a compensation program, among other things. Oh, God. Um, to get, people could get up to $2,000 for an incident that either caused them physical harm. So a hate crime is a physical, uh, you know, you go in and you destroy property, things like that, okay? Mm-hmm. Bias incidents are their, their uh, explanation or definition, hostile expressions of aminous, uh, animus toward another person Uh so if um let's say somebody is of a particular religious uh you know uh thing and they and they Mm -hmm. wear a certain dress or whatever and someone makes fun of them or harasses them verbally they could call this hotline and it to an extreme if they felt as though they had mental anguish as a result of it and they needed to get uh, mental health help, then they would be able to use some of the funding from it. Oh, my God. So they would take uh, – it would it would just be a hotline during business hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I guess it would be funded. They say that it would probably cost about $2 million okay. annually. Okay. Here's what – Julie Barrett, she's the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. She testified against this. She argued the definition of bias incidents and the compensation program would create a wide open opportunity for people to cash in. Uh-huh. Um, she says the bill could set up a tel- tattletale hotline, which would likely be abused. Yeah, no kidding. It only takes one person to be able to hit hit the jackpot on it. And, and when they do the hate crime stuff included in that, because it, it's such a nebulous term, it can also be if somebody looks at you in a, in a disparaging way, right, or makes a comment. Now, you don't know what comment that I quite hear, but it sounded like they said something bad about my religion, my race, whatever, right? And that mm-hmm. would be considered a bias or treated you wrong. Like maybe they cut in front of you in line. Most people know that there's that hotline. Who's going to investigate this, by the way? Who investigates and then who is held 
responsible for it. You're going to get a picture of the person, and then then you're going to get two thousand dollars. I hope this one dies. You know, the other one that died, thank God, was uh, was at thirteen. What was the one? The um, the Gestapo one that uh, um, Attorney General Bob Ferguson wanted. Uh, oh, yeah. Thir- 1333? 1333, the thought crime bill. That died. I just talked to Jim Walsh. And then I wanted to ask him about um, the uh, gun the gun ban one they've come up with. I said, is the gun ban going to be immediate? Yes, unless the Senate removed it. HB 1240 contains an emergency clause. They tried to remove it by amendment, and the Speaker denied it. So what they're going to have is Jay and Bob are going to make sure that you can't buy a gun. They're going to be able to outlaw the scary guns, right? They've made up this mm-hmm. fake term called assault weapons, and they're they're going to make it, according to Jim, most likely it'll become immediate. So wouldn't be in 60 days or 90 days under the emergency health act or something. It's so dangerous that it immediately has to go into effect. Immediately. So on Saturday, I went and uh, I exercised my Second Amendment right, didn't I? Jacob. Uh, you did show me the receipt from this experience, yes. I will present that as evidence in court, Your Honor. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um, okay, I guess I'll start at the, you know, the name says uh, John M. Curley. That's me. And um, I'm not going to read the amounts, but it seems... You may read it, the amounts, sir. <laughs> okay, well. It adds up to quite a bit. So there's the first item here looks... Uh, I think that's a series. I don't know what that series of numbers means. Um, let's see. F- 5.56 mm, I'm presuming millimeter, rifle firearm, Sig Sauer, Sig M400. Uh, and it, that is described, I believe, as a semi-automatic mm-hmm. uh, uh, stainless barrel. That's a screw you purchase? Okay. 16 inches. I don't know what all these... It's a, it's a lot Read of Read the total at the bottom. Okay, Your I'm Honor, I'm, I'm going to cross-examine this as a hostile witness. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's the last number? Total tendered is $2,417.30. Thank you, Jacob. How much? Over, over $2,000. Almost almost $2,500. Wow, that's a lot. I, I walked into the gun much. store to the... What was the name of the place? It was in Ellensburg. Kittitas something or it was a pawn shop. I almost bought a pair of ice skates too. I thought that's a little too incongruous. Um, I walked in. I said, "I'll take your most expensive gun and your scariest looking gun." And the guy went, oh, "I see. You're one of those uh, screw the governor guys." I said, "That's exactly it." I got my son next to me. I said, "Right, which is the scariest gun?" He goes, Phew, "That one on the right doesn't even look real because it got all the stuff on it." You know, guy starts to explain it to me. I'm like, "I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. I'm probably never going to use it." It's going to sit somewhere in a closet. I'm just buying it because I can't stand the governor. I can't stand when someone tells me I can't own a gun. I hate that. Um, uh, Andrew, find, um, look up Robinson City Council uh, gun control. Okay? Let me know when you find it. So I purchased the thing, and I, I, and I, and I'm, I didn't really... I was a little shocked at the price. To be honest with you, I was going to come in like nine hundred bucks. But the, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's one thing to prove a point, but it's another thing when it's over two thousand um, dollars. I also bought the uh, optics on the thing too, because the guy's like, "Well, you got to get what are the optics cost on the thing." The optics were actually more than the gun. It looks like so. You, yeah, yeah. What are optics? 
It helps you. Like your site? Your site. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fancy, okay. fancy I thought it was stickers or something. I thought it was stickers. <laughs> stickers for the gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vote for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Bob Ferguson. I want to be your governor. I put that on the side of the gun. Uh-huh. When you say to somebody that you can't own the gun because some people have done things with guns that are illegal, and now my my right to own a gun is restricted because of the action of somebody in a criminal activity, I'm affected by that. So I intentionally went in. I tried to buy it at my place in Cleveland. They didn't have any more. And a lot of these guys are getting rid of their guns as quickly as they possibly can because they can't send them back. The manufacturer will not take them back. They're going to be stuck with this stuff. They'll be stuck with all of that, and they won't be able to sell it. It'll be basically lost money for them, and they'll be they'll be just done, out of luck. So... If and he said we have people just pouring in here buying these guns. He had I don't know how many left on there, but people are buying them because. And again, I don't need it. I don't need the gun. Maybe I want to shoot coyotes and stuff like that. But it was primarily just to screw you. So thank you, Jay Inslee, and thank you, Bob Ferguson, and anybody else that's promoting that bill. You know what you've just done? You just sold another AR scary assault weapon. Yeah, Mister Robinson. Listen to this guy. By the way. After he gave this speech extemporaneously a couple of years ago, he is now the first lieutenant governor in the state of North Carolina. He's a black guy. That's irrelevant to the story. But listen to this speech. Here we go. This is how I felt. I've heard a whole lot of people in here talking tonight about this group and that group, and domestic violence, and blacks, these minorities and that minority. What I want to know is, when are you all going to start standing up for the majority? And here's who the majority is. I'm the majority. I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anybody, never committed a serious crime, never committed a felony. I've never done anything like that. But it seems like every time we have one of these shootings, nobody wants to blame, put the blame where it goes, which is at the shooter's feet. You want to put it at my feet. You want to turn around and restrict my right, constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white, You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself from some of the very people you're talking about in here tonight. It's ridiculous. I don't think Rod Serling could come up with a better script. It does not make any sense. The law-abiding citizens of this community and many communities around this country, we're the first ones taxed and the last ones considered and the first ones punished when things like this happens because our rights are the ones that are being taken away. That's the reason why I came down here today. Gun show or no gun show, NRA or no NRA. I'm here to stand up for the law-abiding citizens of this community. Because I'm going to tell you that what's going to happen. You can take the guns away from us all you want to. You all write a law, I follow the law, I'll bring my guns down here, I'll turn them in. But here's what's going to happen. The Crips and the Bloods on the other side of town, they're not going to turn their guns in. They're going to hold on to them. And what's going to happen when you have to send the police down there to go take it? The police can barely enforce the law as it is. It's what I see. We demonize the police, criminalize and, and, and vilify the police, and we make the criminals into victims. And we're talking about restricting guns? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that when the police department's already hamstrung? You're not going to be able to go down here and take these guns from these criminals. So the criminals are going to hold on to their guns. They're still going to have them. They're still going to break in my house, and they're still going to shoot me with them. And guess who's going to be the one that suffers? It's going to be me. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, 
It is not going to happen without a fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean shots fired. I don't mean fist thrown. I mean, I'm going to come down here to this city council and raise hell just like these loonies from the left do until you listen to the majority of the people in this city. And I am the majority. The majority of the people in this city are law-abiding. And they follow the law. And they want their constitutional right to be able to bear, to bear arms. They want to be able to gun sh go to the gun show and buy a hunting rifle or sport a sport rifle. There are no military-grade weapons sold, sold, uh, sold at the uh, gun show. An AR-15 is not a military-grade weapon. Anybody that would go into combat with an AR-15 is a fool. It's a semi-automatic 22 rifle. You'd be killed in 15 minutes in combat with that thing. So we need to dispel all these myths, and we need to drop all this, all this division that we got going on here. Because the bottom line is, when that Second Amendment was written, whether the framers liked it or not, they wrote it for everybody. And I am everybody. And the law abiding citizens of this city are everybody. And we want our rights, and we want to keep our rights. And by God, we're going to keep them. Come hell or high water. Boom. I um, memorized that speech and gave it there in the gun store. <laughs> and then I picked up a pair of skates. But they weren't my size. I put them back. Mm. I hate to tell you this, but a texter did write in and say he says he got the same gun for $900. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Really? Jacob, did said. I pay 900 for the gun? What did I pay for the gun? Uh, yeah, the, the gun was about 900 for yeah, Okay, yes. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the optics were... That's what the guy got me yeah, on yeah, the optics. Yeah. You well, knew what he says, I bought a basic AR-15 with iron sights for 900 Okay, is this what we're going to do now? <laughs> is this, see how they're trying to divide us? <laughs> I also, I just want to note that the last My time... My wife just wrote me... What the hell? You spent $2,500 on something we're never going to use because you're trying to prove a point? Sad face emoji with a st tongue sticking out. Jeez, babe, you're killing me right now. <laughs> well, I won't get in the middle of that, but uh, I think that... <laughs> I think that... Yeah. You know, I, yours yours is probably a, a bigger model because he said basic AR-15. Yeah, yeah. Jacob... I don't, I can't, I don't know what any of this means. I was just going to say, the last time you, we talked about a major purchase you made, John, you were basically in the opposite mode, where you showed up to the car dealership and said you wanted to pay as little as possible. That's true. And I did, because I don't care about cars. The most bit, yes. But I bought a Corvette, because Barack Obama told me <laughs> he was crapping all over America, and wanted everybody to save gas, and went on about a Corvette, get like eight miles a gallon. And I took it to this place in Kirkland, and the guy's like, I said, how can I get more horsepower to the rear wind? Well, I could magna put Magnaflow. So I did that. He goes, I'll see you in two weeks. I'm good. Come back two weeks later. Hey, I got to get this thing to go faster. I could chip it. Drove out. See you in two weeks. Now I'm good. Come back in by three weeks later. What can you do? Well, I'm going to void the warranty, and I'm going to turbo it for you. 600 horsepower to the rear wheel, Sherry. Where, where were you able to drive? Something? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Couldn't go anywhere with it. So every, every time it changed gears, it would fishtail down the highway. It was ridiculous. I couldn't hear anything. It was so loud. And the 
the Magnaflow things. Every time like Dave Ross would speak, you couldn't hear him because it was in the same like you know tonality or whatever. It just canceled him out. Well, at least you showed Barack Obama. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I drove around did. with a Corvette convertible. There you go. He showed him. I showed the, them. The, that'll teach him. That'll, yeah, you, he's still smarting from that. Yeah. I'm going to try to soothe my wife's temper right now. That's uh, okay. What should I say to her? Um, say I'll something to her now, Sherry. Say something to her now. What's that music, Andrew? Okay, here we go. Nicole... I respect your opinion, and therefore, in order to even things up, I would like you to take $2,500 and spend it on anything that you would like. It doesn't have to be useful. It doesn't have to be practical. Just get what you love, because that's what I did, and it, I love you. But it should be... Oh, boy, Susan. It should it should achieve the goal of spiting a politician that you don't like, I think. Is the other yeah, I couldn't think of anything. I, I, I thought about that, but I, I, nothing came to mind, unless it was about a bank or something, and that didn't work. Teeny, Teeny, you with me? <laughs> this is absolutely the worst day of my entire life. Why? <laughs> All right, Teeny, come here. I'm going to hold you. Oh. I have a cold, though, Teeny. Don't catch my cold. Writing in telling me that they got a better deal on a gun. That's thank you, everybody. All right, I'm a big fool. Um, let's see. So we. Uh, I got real sad. Okay, Tini, hang on. Say, say something to her, short because she's really in a bad mood now. Why? Why she doesn't have the right to be in a bad mood? Nothing was done to her. Okay, with Tini, she said. Just stop. Okay, now she's oh, mad. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll let you two handle that off. Uh, okay. Back in the jock room. Okay. We didn't have a jock room anymore. Remember that? We had a jock room. Ron and Don had a room where all the jocks would apparently hang out. Why were we in the jock room? Remember that? <laughs> that was before my time. Okay. Fortunately, it sounds like I don't want to be a yeah. part of that. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, let's see. The uh, Which one you want to do? Which one? Andrew sent it to me. I was too busy talking to Laura. <laughs> oh, uh, well, do you want to do the San- Stanford um, protest against the judge? Yeah. So this judge was appointed to the Fifth Circuit uh, by Donald Trump. He'd been in there for a while. And 2020, he basically said from the bench that he was not going to be referring to the defendant by the pronouns the defendant wanted. The defendant was is a male identifying now as a female and was standing before the judge and being charged with child pornography. Um, And that got him uh, the ire of the left. And uh, then he got invited to come to Stanford by the uh, Federalist Society. So the kids there at the law school, second number one law school, number one is Yale. Uh, Stanford was my backup school. And uh, (laughs) sorry, sorry, did you say something? (laughs) Go on. Mine too. <laughs> so uh, he's there, and of course he starts to say some things. And um, if you're a lawyer or you want to be a lawyer, and you're coming out of the second best law school in the country, you know when a lawyer says something you disagree with, you just scream at them. So they just yelled at him and called him horrible names. And then the DEI uh, dean got up and said, "So you've invited me to speak here, and I'm being happy- well, this is the judge, Judge Duncan, nonstop." And I'm just asking for an administrator to sign. 
He wants an administrator. And then they're like, that is administrator. She is. Okay, so then the dean, the DEI dean, oh, the DEI dean gets up. I really do wholeheartedly welcome you because me and many people in this administration do absolutely believe in free speech. We believe that it is necessary. We believe that the way to address speech that feels abhorrent, that feels harmful, that literally denies the humanity of people. Speech feels harmful and denies humanity. That one way to do that is with more speech and not less. Mm-hmm. And not to shut you down or censor you or censor the student group that invited you here. That is hard. That is uncomfortable. That's the definition of free speech. So they're screaming him down. The heckler's veto. You don't hear. So you don't have an argument. You don't want to make an argument. You just want to yell at the guy. Then this woman's saying, oh, we're all for free speech. But and that is a policy and a principle that I think is worthy of defending even in this time. Even in this time. And again, I still ask, is the juice worth the squeeze? Okay, is the juice worth the squeeze? Meaning... So what you're doing, what you're saying, it's it's so upsetting to people, so harmful and so dangerous. Is it worth it to hurt all of these people with these words and thoughts? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Is it worth the pain that this causes and the division that this causes? Do you have something so incredible and important to say about Twitter? And- so... We'll let you speak freely if we feel that it is so important. It has to be important. It has to be important enough. You're harming, you're hurting so many people, but it has to be important enough to say it. So there's a standard to the free speech. Guns and COVID, that that is worth this impact on the division of these people who have sat next to each other for years, who are going through what is the battle of law school together. So that they can go out into the world and be advocates. And this is the division that's caused. When I say, is the juice worth the squeeze? That's what I'm asking. Is this worth it? And I hope so. And I'll stay for your remarks to see. Because I do want to know your perspective. And then anybody wants to leave can leave. And of course, they all get up and leave. Because when you're a Stanford law student, you are oppressed. You are deeply, deeply oppressed. You are one of the saddest people in the world. Because, oh my God, you got into Stanford. Was it a hundred, two hundred, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? These poor people. You do not need to stay here if this is not where you want to be. You can stay here if this is where you want to be right now. But make that choice. Yes. If you do choose to stay here, I do think we should give space. Yeah. Um, to hear what Judge Duncan has to say, and I hope that also you will take question and answer and comment section to say what you need to say and to ask the questions you need to ask. I'm really grateful to be in this institution. I look out and I don't ask what is going on here. I look out and I say, I'm glad this is going on here. What's going on here is this is a judge that has tenure for life appointed by Donald Trump in the Fifth Circuit there. And then the kids get up with their backpacks and their masks on and they indignantly walk by him and don't make eye contact with him. And out they march. I don't know how many are left in there. Well... 
What's the fallout, Sherry? Well, there's a a different perspective on this, of course, from Slate. And what they're saying is that after this happened, he he didn't do his speech. He just went right to the question and answer period. And he said to he they claim he was also insulting to students Mm. calling one of them an appalling idiot and here's what they say on thursday he rebranded premiering a far more combative persona who's hell-bent on owning the libs Mm. his decision to insult law students like a shameless juvenile partisan reads like a bid for praise from the republican power brokers Uh who controlled judicial appointments what happened after this was that he got an apology from the Stanford president and for the dean of the law school. They apologized to him. They said they were working hard to make sure this never happened again, and um, and he accepted their apology. Uh-huh. He also said that if this is the state of jurisprudence in the United States, it's reduced to barbarism. And I forget what judge it said. He wanted the names. This is from, it happened at Yale as well. That judge said, give me the names of the kids that uh, were screaming and yelling, not at Duncan, but at another judge. And he says, I'll tell you what, we just won't hire any of them. I mean, if you're a lawyer and someone is saying something, then you construct an argument to counter their argument. They were yelling and screaming and calling him all sorts of names. Yeah, did he was he reduced to maybe name calling back? Possibly, according to Slate magazine. But what is it? He got invited to give a speech, and they're yelling and screaming, and they've got signs and stuff. How you? He didn't get hit, did he? Because I know that uh, state troopers had to come in and escort him out. No, he he no nobody hit him. Nobody did anything, threw anything at him, or whatever. But they went for a fight, and they got one. And it was you know, and and I think his other issue was that this dean of this DEI mm-hmm. dean kind of went off and instead of just saying hey everybody let's take a breath and allow everyone to speak she went on her little diatribe about him like the deck was so stacked against him entirely right i mean she's supposed to be neutral she's supposed to be an administrator right not somebody that's inciting them wow she talked about you know these oh my god well, you, people were so hurt. Oh, they were so hurt. By the words. <laughs> yes. And if you don't want to be here, it's okay. You can leave now. Don't go. How about that? Watch TV tonight. What do you recommend they watch? Um, well, it was Thursday night. I think uh, Law & Order SVU is on, but oh, I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe. Something to think about. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All righty. Mom, change the station. That's one of the Stanford <laughs> Law students right there. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Letters are still pouring in. Teeny Tiny. Is Teeny still here? Jacob? Yes. She seemed upset. All right. Uh, She'll choose the letter of the day in just a second. Oh, boy. Here comes the mailman now, Sherry. And he looks happy. Look at him, huh? Yeah. I'll sing it, mailman. As you can see, I'm the mailman. Don't mess with him. I'm the mailman. If you didn't know, I'm the mailman. I bring the mail to your door. Thank you, mailman. There you go. Thank you. All right, teeny tiny ladies, got a letter of the day. First, take care of all the rest. Here we go. All right. This is about the show's history from 206. At the end of Friday's show, I had a letter of the, I had letter of the day regarding Sherry's hands. Mm-hmm. She didn't remember the origin and asked how it came about. As the officially unofficial show historian, 
on or around January 7th, 2022, Curly made an offhand comment that due to Sherry's large hand, she's not capable of using most smartphones. I think it had to do with BlackBerry ceasing support, and the comment was her hands are too big to type on it. Mm-hmm. That date was when I sent in the first hand message. Like other aspects of this show or the Tom and Curly show, offhanded comments take on a life of their own. Bank failures. Thank you, thank you for that. The unofficial <laughs> historian of the show, right? Uh, Mike three 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 six zero says, "Why does uh, President Biden so called quick action always happen after something has already happened? It's like somebody throwing a football at you and letting it bounce off your face. But thanks to your quick action, you got a cold rag to stop the bloody nose. Uh, wouldn't quick action be catching the ball before it hits you in the face?" Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, wedding gifts. I threw the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Isn't that it? With the yeah. football? I think you. Okay. Look at yeah. Jacob. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, no, that was Jan. Remember, Jan said it about Marsha. Like, it was always about her. <laughs> <laughs> Peter threw the ball. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. Wedding gifts. No, Jan, it was Jan that oh said it about Marsha. Okay okay, 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 okay. All right. All right. I knew Peter threw it. I knew that part. Uh, three. 360. Yes, I get it. I went to a wedding between a doctor and a lawyer, both high earners. They asked for a framed photo of the people, families attending, then hung all those photos on a wall with their wedding photos. That is sweet. 360 says, great story, John. Great story. I tell so many great stories. I don't know what they're referring to. Uh, Jason in Port Orchard said, same dad who flipped the switch on the Christmas lights. True, true, true. God, these people, they listen. They're taking notes. What? Oh, I guess Sherry took yeah, so we much had, time. Wait, no, wait a minute. You said Marsha, 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 Marsha and asked if that was right. You guys suck. All right? That's all you know. It is time wow. for the letter of All the day. these letters. Okay. Go ahead, Alice. Okay, Greg. Ray in Ritzville says, yeah, that guy would have bought a bigger gravestone for his aunt, but he had to spend $65 in gas, $35 to stay at the Okanagan Motel 6, and $12 for dinner, which he deducted from what he was going to spend on the gravestone. Oh, my God. That is funny. Take that. Way to go, Ray. That's all she Teeny picks out the best letters, doesn't she? Teeny, give yourself a potato or something. Great job. Way to go. There you go, Teeny. You're the best. All right, Sherry, you want to do another hour? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, let's do that.